You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey. Welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I'm sitting down with Melanie Doman. She has a true passion for the development of children and how we as parents can raise responsible, considerate, loving children we and others enjoy being around. She has over 30 years of experience in working directly with children as a classroom teacher in the Montessori and public schools, in church as a teacher to elementary age kids, and in the most important setting of her own home, as she raises her four children, ages 11 to 21, that's a wide range. She is an independent facilitator of the Parenting the Love and Logic Way curriculum and parenting coach. She also speaks to churches and groups, helping parents build strong relationships with their children while establishing healthy boundaries, communication, and connection. She believes that the relationship between the parent and child is one of the most important relationships we have in our lifetime. And her goal is to strengthen that relationship using tools from love and logic and strategies she has picked up along the journey of her own parenthood. Her parenting platform is called Perfectly Imperfect Parenting. And that is what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you. It's kind of funny. The way that we were introduced was very randomly through a mutual friend where I live knows you from, I guess, college or something from, yeah. And so I heard about you and I got really excited because I always need more parenting experts on the show. And I know listeners appreciate that too. Well, it's such an honor to be here with you and I've listened to your podcast, so I am crazy about what you're doing as well. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what got you into this whole concept of perfectly imperfect parenting? Okay. So it all started when I was a young mom playing baseball with my son in the backyard He was about three years old, maybe four, and um, it it all kind of blends together, those preschool years, right? (laughs) And we were in the backyard, and he loved baseball. And so he would always want me out there playing with him. And so I would say, okay, but the problem is I'm not a great baseball player. I played softball um, when I was little, and my... um, best place. My best position was bench warmer. So I, (laughs) (laughs) I would go out in in right field and I would count blades of grass. So anyway, when my son wanted to play baseball, I wanted that time with him, but I knew that I was very deficient, not quite the baseball player that his dad is. Um, So I would go out there and I'd do my very best to try to throw that ball straight into his glove because I wanted my little man to feel so successful. I wanted that ball just to land right in his glove. But honestly, the harder that I tried to get that ball right in his glove, it would go way too far to the right. It would go too far to the left or between his legs or in the neighbor's yard. (laughs) And I would say, son, wait till dad gets home. He is so much better at this. And he would say, no, 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 mom, please. This is actually fun. I like this. I'd say, okay. And so we would just keep going. Well, it turns out fast forward a couple of years and he started playing little league. And they found that the very best position for my son was first base 
because he could catch every single one of those squirrely throws that all of those other little five-year-olds were throwing at him that were too far to the right, too far <laughs> to the left, between his legs in, mm-hmm. the, in the other dugout. <laughs> he knew just how to stretch just right. And so my deficiency, my imperfection as a, as a baseball player served him so well because I equipped him in such a way that my perfection never could have done. And so this, uh, this just brought me to the truth that God can really, truly work through our imperfection so much more than our perfection any day. But as a mom, I was trying so hard to be perfect. I was trying so hard to get that to get that ball right in the glove in everything from I'm never, ever, ever losing my temper or, um, or making the perfect dinner every single night or, you know, being super organized. Um, and the reality is that God says, told me, Hey, Melanie, do away with all that perfection. What I want you to do is trust me and trust that through your imperfection, through your inability to, um, keep a super organized house or to be places on time, I'm going to equip your kids to come in and fill the gaps. And guess what? They are never, ever, ever going to be late in their life. (laughs) (laughs) No, aren't every single one of them. They are like 10, 15 minutes early everywhere they go because of my imperfect ability to be on time places. So (laughs) at school today. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I think that that's such a a beautiful analogy. And and it even makes me think of that verse where um, our our power, his power, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And that's such a great illustration of that as well. But I do think as parents, I mean, there is this and I it changes in different season of parenting for me, you know, I've got kind of that wider range, like you do, my kids are 19, nine and seven, well, almost 10 and seven. And my need for perfection or my need to get things right. It varies depending on the season. Do you notice that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Every season is different. Whenever they were younger, all of my friends, um, including our mutual friend, shout Mm -hmm. out to you, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) She was like the most, or still is the most organized human I know. And she had her kids on sleeping schedules and just, and, and she had, you know, she had, she still does have this dinner rotation where she w- had recipes in order and she would just know what to buy at the grocery store for like a month in advance. <laughs> She's just so prepared and amazing. So when my kids were little, I was striving for that kind of perfection. Mm. Um, and now as they've gotten older, it's a whole different kind of perfection that I, uh, that I see myself striving for that is truly for me, just unattainable. So only through Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And well, and I like that. And it sounds like, you know, it, from what you're saying, it sounds like everybody has a different approach that works for them. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so another truth I've learned uh, that we all hear all the time is that comparison is the killer (laughs) of joy. And so I learned to just really embrace and and 
you know, admire my friends who, who are able to be that way, but also embrace some really cool things that God made in me, like the ability to be present and in the moment. And the fact that I might not have dinner planned, but I am with, you know, I have, I am absolutely with my kids from the minute they get in the car. Um, I am present and we are, um, we are communicating and talking about their day and I'm connecting heart to heart. So there are things that are, that are valuable about all different styles of parenting. And I truly appreciate it all. Yeah. Oh, I love that you say that because it's something that for my, myself, I can get, I'm an achiever, right? Like I'm a, I want to do things right type of person, but I also am very time blind and I have lots of ideas and I'm doing a thousand things at once. And sometimes I, I can get mad at myself for not having the structure, not having the organization. But one day my husband said to me, and I'm so grateful that he said this. He's like, you know, I appreciate that you always try to make experiences for the kids. You try to take them to museums or to the zoo, or you do these fun things with them. And to your point, wherever I am, I'm all there. And so to do that, I might not have all the other things covered. Like I might not pack the snacks because I definitely never remember to pack snacks, but <laughs> that's when we'll just wing it and we'll have something fun wherever we are. Right. And, and so I appreciate you saying that. And I hope that that can be an encouragement. And even for the people who are the planners and the doers, that's, that's good too. And your kids, got the exact type of mom that they needed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate you saying that. I think that that's helpful to hear for a lot of women. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, okay. So you mentioned quality time. I want to talk about quality time, why it's important. Why do our kids need it? And even maybe before that, I want to ask you, do you think that kids are getting more or less quality time right now in our current climate? I fully believe that our kids are getting less quality time and it's, I, I blame it on technology and I, whoever's listening, please don't turn this off right now because I just said, <laughs> but I truly believe that we all have to be super honest about the way technology has really invaded all of our lives and in our parenting, in all of our relationships that we have from friendships to our marriages, to um, our relationships with our children and our relationship with the Lord. Um, technology can be a really amazing way to connect and it can also um, do some huge damage in our connection as well. Yep, it pains me to admit it as well, but we do need to be super honest about how technology has impacted our connections. I feel this right there with you. And with that, I want to take a second and pause and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Air Doctor. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day? Well, depending on how polluted your indoor air is, that might not be so great. According to the EPA, indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a hundred times more polluted. Data shows that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally. I can attest to the fact that I have more trouble with my allergies in many indoor environments than when I go outside for a walk or a run or something like that. I'm super allergic to mold. I'm super allergic to dust. And so all of that really makes an impact on how I breathe. And that impacts how my brain functions. 
What I love about Air Doctor is that it's an air purifier that has not only captured the attention of established media outlets like CNN, Money, ABC, and more, but Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold, and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to. All Air Doctor purifiers also feature WhisperJet fans. They are 30% quieter than ordinary air purifiers. I've got one of the Air Doctor air purifiers in my room going at all times. And so when I'm sleeping at night, I love knowing that that thing is running and filtering out the air so that I can breathe better and have more restorative, more restful sleep. And it absolutely makes a difference. Since I've installed the Air Doctor in my room, I wake up with less sniffles than ever before. It's crazy. I highly recommend getting an Air Doctor for your home. Get one in every room. It makes an incredible difference, especially if, like me, you've got a pet who's <laughs> who's carrying who knows what. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code SPARK, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code SPARK. All right, Melanie, we are talking more about parenting and technology and how that can impact our connections. Let's dive a little bit deeper into how technology can harm our relationship with our kids. What's another aspect that we need to be concerned about? Our screens are completely custom designed to our interest, right? So if you think about everything that's on your phone, from the things that you follow on social media, to um, the colors that you like, to the clothes that you like, to everything, your music, there is not one person in the world who can be quite as custom tailored to you and your taste as your phone and your screen. And so it can be really hard to compete with that whenever you are um, in the room with other people who actually might disagree with Mm. you, or they might um, actually not quite be as entertaining as the scroll on, on your, (laughs) um, on your feed. Right. Um, Or they could just really be irritating you. Um, If you have younger children who are very needy, who are really not quite as fun as your screen, it can be so easy to just kind of give them a screen so that you can enjoy your own screen. Um, So all this to say, I feel like that's been a huge factor in our parenting. And whenever I have clients who come in, I will always ask, how is your connection with your with your child? Because that's how I can determine where we move forward. And usually it's really terrible. And we usually go through why. And the very first thing I'll say is put your screen down. When you're with your child, um, no matter what age, when you are with them, Put your screen down. Just let that be something that is a a part of your family culture, that when you are in the room with somebody, you just, hi, you know, and you just put that screen down, even flip it over just to show them honor that, hey, nothing on this device is as important as you are because you are in the room with me right now. 
And so um, quality time, quality time with um, all the different ages is different. With the little bitty ones, um, quality time is, in fact, kids, no matter their age, spell love, T-I-M-E. Mm. And so the with little kids, um, snuggling with you on the couch, all of that physical touch and reading a book, there's just no better quality time than sitting, even if it's just a little board book when they're young and you're hearing just the cadence of your voice as their mom, they've heard your voice their entire life. And so your voice brings all kinds of chemicals in their brain mm. that some little squeaky, annoying robot voice reading, even reading a story to them is never yeah. going to be able to provide for them. Your voice, even just hearing your voice in a kind way, <laughs> not, you know, sometimes as moms, our voice can, you know, we can be irritated or we can always be, you know, saying, do this, don't do that. But hearing your voice just in a in a calm um, in a in a calm tone as you are reading a book to a preschooler is just I mean it does incredible things for their brain. So as all that physical touch, that is the best quality time you could ever mm -hmm. ever have with a little one um, uh, with a preschooler. With the grade schoolers, I don't know about you, um, but we spend a lot of time in the car. Because they, right, they are going, I mean, that's the thing is we have figured out a way to keep our kids busy from the time <laughs> they get out of school all the way until the time we put them to bed. So many, myself included, we have a hard time even finding time to have dinner together because it's just you pick them up from school, you quick, 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 okay, hurry, we've got to go to, you know, soccer, dance, whatever, whatever we all, um, taekwondo, um, we've got to get our kids to all of these places uh, after school, riding in the car with our kids. So that is some quality time. I always tell my kids, listen, my car runs on gas and conversation. So if you get in my car, I'm not your Uber driver. You are welcome and you are free. I'll use 11 logic uh, enforceable statement there. You are more than welcome to pay for Uber if you would like to be on your phone while driving around town. But when you're in the car with mom, my car runs on gas and conversation. So let's talk. You don't have to just talk, talk, talk the whole time. I fully get it. Sometimes I pick them up from school and they're just tired. And I understand that too, but I, um, I really, it's just one of my pet peeves when, when my, uh, teenagers or my, my kids who have their phones, pull out their phones and choose the phone over conversation with me. So then when we get to the teenagers, I found, especially, I realized this with my son because it was a lot easier for me to, um, to connect with my girls as teenagers, because I mean, there's so many things to talk about, <laughs> but with my son, he was very different from me. He's very, as you know, just as when he was four years old, very good at sports and very into sports and not into Broadway musicals like his sisters. So <laughs> <laughs> even our music taste was different. So I realized that I, my son would be gone in four years whenever he was a freshman in high school. And I thought, I can't have this. I can't have my son go off to college and have this disconnect with him. I know that he loves me and I know that I love him, but I would just like for our conversation to be a little more than 
one word answers. Yes, no, good. You know, so I said, I had these um, questions that I would pull out in the car. I had them in a, in a little envelope and I would say, okay, pick a question and we get to answer it. So I'll answer it and then you can answer it. So I would do that and we would check off the questions that we had answered. Um, and they went from very silly to a little bit deeper. And I let him pick the question because depending on his mood, we didn't know, um, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. know which direction <laughs> he wanted that conversation to go. So, and then I said, okay, for Christmas, I would like, um, I would like for you to put 12 times on the calendar that you and I are going to go out once a month and I'm going to take you to your favorite restaurant. And I just want to hang out and I just want to have some time, just the two of us a little mother son date. Mm. And so we did that. And I'll admit it was kind of hard at first because we didn't have much to talk about. We were kind of twiddling our thumbs. Isn't that crazy? Um, it's so embarrassing to admit that. But then as time went on, we started connecting in ways that we had never connected before. We started talking about future plans. We started talking about his relationship with the Lord and his relationship with his girlfriend, uh, his relationships with his best friends. And, and now he'll come back from, from um, college and he'll say, mom, let's get a time on the calendar so we can go out for our, um, for our time together. And then the last time he came, Hey, can I bring my girlfriend with me? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so he brought, he brought her into our special time together, which I was absolutely okay with. So Aww, that's so cool. I love that. And it, it is, you're right. It is very different with girls and boys and the mother daughter connection. The mother son connection is different too. I mean, even my little boys, when can I go on a date with you, mommy? I want to go on a date with you because we've tried to do that in the past. And I'll admit that it has not been as consistent lately as I would like it to be, but yeah, they do. It's that quality time and sitting in the lap reading my first grader. He's still like, if we're practicing reading for school, he cannot read anything without being in my lap. And I think uh -huh. that's really sweet. Cause I'm like, at some point, I know, I mean, I've, I've got the older one. I know that goes away. She does not sit in my lap <laughs> when she reads, right? It's like, at some right. point it just goes away. And then, you know, it's that whole life. You never know when the last time is going to be right. So yes. I love that you share just the different stages and what's special and important for each kid at every stage, but it all boils down to, they need us, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that and presence. We, yeah. And we that quality time with them, we, we are saying to them, we are a powerful person in their lives. We are, you know, we are, you know, God given authority figures in their life. We are powerful figures in their life. And so for us to look at them and say, I want time with you, that shows them you are a valuable human who are, you are worthy of connection. And I just feel like we could all use a little more of that. Absolutely. And I, I think it's so important, even just thinking subconsciously what they pick up on when not because we're saying anything mean or we're not being harmful in any way outright, but the subconscious or subliminal messaging that they get when we are, have got our face on our phone, or in my case, I'm, I'm a big reader, <laughs> face in a book, <laughs> a real paper book, um, yeah. right? Like just those little things or hold on one second, hold on one second. I do a lot of that, right? Like, oh, I got to do this. Everything is urgent. I'm, I'm the Martha and at all times, right? Like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this instead of just like sitting there and being. And I think that that's such an important reminder that they pick up on that.
that. And that becomes their core belief system and their value system for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. My favorite thing to do um, and to tell my clients with little ones to do is the five minute floor test. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you just go sit on the floor and with nothing in your hands or maybe even a book or one of their toys. And you don't you don't say anything. Because the minute you say to especially a a strong-willed child, hey, come play with me. No, they're going to be out of there. But if you sit on the floor with one of their toys, it doesn't even have to be one of their favorite toys. And you start playing within five minutes. Those (laughs) those little ones are going to be in your lap. And you might even get a dog or a cat or something else, a little bonus, bonus creature as well. Because when we are sitting on the floor, we are eye level with them. And there's just something super special about being eye level um, with, with your child, because Mm. you can, you can look at them in the face and Mm. um, so many times they just see those little ones, they see our knees and our belly buttons. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love the five minute rule. That's fun. I'm going to try that now. My boys, I know they'll they'll tackle me first. So (laughs) that's that's their love language as well, right? Yes. Yes. It gets to a point where they, they, it hurts. You can't, they can't tackle you anymore. So enjoy every (laughs) single one of those tackles that you can take. (laughs) Yes, that is so, so true. Okay. So tell me about this tool echo that you have developed um, to use for kids of all ages. Yes. Okay. So funny story. I was, um, I was my one of my daughters um, is a very, very emotional child. Okay. So she was a little three-year-old and every, it seemed like she was always falling apart over something. And so it was like, Oh my goodness. So she would be screaming because someone, you know, took her favorite toy or screaming because she couldn't find something. But anyway, there was a lot of screaming. And so one time she was screaming. And so I went in there and I was about to use all of my, you know, okay, I will be ready to listen when your voice is as calm as mine, you know, and all of these things. And she's screaming. I'm like, what happened? And I'm asking her siblings, what happened? We don't know. Nobody knew. And so finally, I just got down on eye level with her. I got down on my knees and I said, hey, what's, what's wrong? And she's pointing to her nose. And I'm going, what's wrong with your nose? And she's, and she's just pointing to my nose. Somehow I found out through all kinds of sign language, she had stuck one of those pony beads up in her nose. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so I was like, oh my goodness, there's a pony bead in your nose. And she's like, yes. And so anyway, I taught her how to, and you can, you can edit this out, but I taught her how to do a snot rocket and that thing went flying <laughs> across the room. And so she was feeling much better, but it was in that moment that I realized the importance of knowing what is going on before you're so quick to give out the consequences. Mm -hmm. So I developed, it's called echo because what you're going to do is you're going to echo back what they're saying. So with the little ones, whenever the preschoolers, they're always saying, um, you know, I don't want to take a nap. I am not tired. I don't like that. You know, they're always saying those things. And usually we come back with things like, oh, yes, you are taking a nap. Absolutely. Or, or we'll get into it. And for some reason, we think we're going to change their mind, right? Whenever they're like, I am not tired. We say, oh, well, let's talk about why you actually are tired because look at your behavior, right? We just get into this dialogue (laughs) with them. 
But what I learned is they'll repeat it over and over again. They will keep repeating what they want you to hear. And so the, for the little preschooler who's saying, I am not tired. No, I am not tired. You stop and you get on eye level and you say, oh, you're not tired. And what they will do, it's magical. They will completely stop in their tracks <laughs> and they'll be like, you heard me. No. They might be thinking that mom's going to change her mind and they don't have to take a nap. But right now you're just acknowledging what they're trying to tell you mm -hmm. so that they don't keep saying it over and over again. So you're going to echo back what they're saying. And then you're going to use empathy and say, I understand mm -hmm. you are not tired. I understand. And then you're going to give them a choice. So you are not tired. I understand. Would you like to take a five minute nap? Or would you like to take a two hour nap? So give them a choice. And then I'll say, I will um, start the timer when you're asleep. And then they'll go to sleep. They will take a nice long nap. And when they wake up, you will say, that was the shortest nap I've ever seen. I mean, wow, that was a fantastic nap that you just took. Way to go. Um, for the, I'll just go all the way to the complete yeah. other end of the spectrum with a teenager. Um, for us, it was always, when can I have social media? Mom, mm. when can I have social media? I feel like little house on the prairie over here. All my <laughs> friends are connecting <laughs> through Snapchat. And I'm over here saying, oh, well, you can, you can text me or you can call me. You know, my mom has Snapchat. <laughs> you can snap her, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, they would just, they would, you know, all the time. And so I would say, no, you are not having, no, we're not doing that. And here's why, because, you know, research shows blah, blah, blah. And then they would get, you know, glossy eyed. But when I started saying it was, they would say, why can I, you know, can I please that? And I would say, so let's talk about this. You would like social media. All of a sudden their ears would perk up and they would lean in and they are ready to listen. And just giving that opportunity for communication over this just creates a, a, a much stronger connection and ability to speak into their hearts than my no and reasoning ever will. So mm -hmm. I would say, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is you feel like Little House on the Prairie, because she would say that all the time. You feel like Little House on the Prairie and that all your friends are connecting through social media and you feel left out. And I can imagine, I'm adding empathy here and I'm saying, I can imagine what that must feel like to be a middle schooler or a high schooler where you already kind of feel a little left out because we all, we all do. Um, and then that everybody else is connecting in a way where you are not allowed to connect and how that makes you feel even more isolated. Is that, is that what I'm hearing you say? And she's like, yes. She's like, mom, you finally get it right mm -hmm. now. I become an authority figure in her life who, who comes with a little bit more understanding and empathy than someone who's just saying no. And so then I'm going to, again, offer a choice. Okay. So I am not going to say that you will never, ever have social media. I will say that, yes, you can have social media at one point in the time that you are under this roof. But here are some things that I need to see before um, I let you have social media. I'm going to need to see you maturing in these ways. I'm going to need to see that you um, you are 
strong enough to handle that you can handle peer pressure. I'm going to need to see that I can really trust you. And what are some other things that you think I'm going to bring her into the conversation? What are some things that you think uh, you're going to really need to show me that you're going to have to have in your tool belt to handle social media? What are some things that you're going to need to show me? Oh, I mean, mom, just things like um, being kind to everybody. Oh, yes, that's something I didn't even think about. And so when everybody's, you know, being ugly through their screen and, and cyberbullying and stuff like that, that you can stand up for people who need to be, you know, stood up for and you're not going to jump on, on the bandwagon there. So that opened up a really amazing opportunity to talk to her by using that tool. I love that. Okay. So there are two things, well, maybe three things, but mostly two things that I love about that. Number one, that you are validating their feelings. And so many kids, so many people don't get feelings validated. And it just really does even model what our heavenly father does for us, you know, and, and being present for all of our big feelings. So I love that. Number two, what I really love is you mentioned how kids are not able to, they're not going to want to hear our reasoning and our research in the moment. Right. And like from a brain level, that makes so much sense because those prefrontal cortexes are not developed until well into their twenties. Everything is reactionary from the amygdala. Right. And so by appealing to that emotional activation side, that's going to be more of a draw than, well, let me tell you what the research says, you know, which I, I could totally go for that as well. Um, but yeah, so I just, I really appreciate that approach. I think it hits so many different levels of importance in regards to connecting with our kids, because it, again, just like with that quality time, it, it allows them to feel seen and heard. Absolutely. I love that. So tell me, okay, I want to hear about you have a video on your Instagram that goes along with quality time and it's about, um, minutes in a day. Can you break down the the minutes that are the most important for kids? I think that's, I don't know if I'm phrasing it right, but yes. Okay. So there are nine um, minutes in the day that are the most important minutes. So, um, it's the first three minutes that your child wakes up. And it's uh, the first three minutes that either they wake up from their nap or that you pick them up from school. And then it's the last three minutes before they go to bed. So nine minutes. So even if you can just make it your goal, if you're thinking, oh man, I really need to, you know, put down my screen. I really need to take a lot of this stuff to heart that, you know, that that I've been hearing make put not for nine minutes, put your screen down and work on those three minutes. The first three minutes that they wake up, when they wake up, look at them in the eyes and say, good morning, whatever. If your child is not a physical touch child, I have two of them. No, <laughs> I, have two who are <laughs> and I have two who are like, don't even touch me. <laughs> um, so anyway, make the most of those nine minutes, the three minutes that they wake up first three minutes. And then, cause think about it. A lot of times the very first three minutes, it's you need to wake up. We need to go, you know, or, oh, good morning. Okay. You know, um, but just try to sit still and um, connect with them for those first three minutes. And then the um, first three minutes when you pick them up from school, um, re- regardless, you know, childcare, preschool, high school, um, when you see them, the very first time after they've had a, a good section of their day, um, connect 
for three minutes. And I have a, I have something on my website that is what to, it's a, a document, what to say instead of how was your day? And it's oh, many. That. So all the different things, um, just keeping in mind that maybe they don't want to talk about their day, right? Maybe their day was a pretty terrible day and they're just not really wanting to talk about that but they will talk about where they would go if they could get in a plane right now and go on a vacation anywhere and what they would do. Um, so there's all kinds of different talking points in, um, in that document that says what to say instead of how was your day. And then but the three minutes before they go to bed, um, just really making the most when they're young over those bedtime routines I mean, if you can just get into that same routine every night, then your kids, it's just like Pavlov's dogs. They just will go to sleep um, because of, of that routine. But regardless of the age, this, those three minutes, my, my teenage daughter who's still home, um, well, still every night she comes and she wants to hug and kiss mm -hmm. both my husband and I, she just can't go to bed without coming and telling us, I love you and giving us a, a hug and a kiss on the forehead. So that, that it does pay off. I love that. Yeah. That's it's I, the nighttime thing, the school thing. Okay. I can get that morning thing is hard because <laughs> that's what I've got one kid that is like, Oh, he's so funny. He just gets up and gets things going and he's ready to go. I've got another that is just like, I mean, turns into this Hulk monster person thing when he wakes up in the morning because he likes to do what he wants to do in the morning, which is not anything. <laughs> and so that's a hard one. And, and then right. what do you do for um, the moms? Cause I, I do university model schooling. So I homeschool three days a week and well, two days a week, I'll say one day I do take them somewhere in the afternoon and pick them up. But what about moms who have their kids at home? What would you say? to get that middle of the day. I mean, I guess they're getting the quality time with the schooling, but um, right. what what would you say for those moms who are listening? So I, I did that as well, the university model uh, with my older two. So I love that time. Um, so, well, I say that now, but when I was in the middle, of, there were some days that I There's did not days. <laughs> see the school bus go by and go, you should be on that. <laughs> That's usually a threat too. Yeah. <laughs> you could be on that, right? Be at school all day long. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the beautiful thing about those, um, those times when you have the kids at home is the ability to have lunch together every day. Mm, mm -hmm. And so that's what I would just fix them. Uh, I would fix a um, fun lunch, give them the opportunity to be working on their schoolwork. I would go, I would fix, I mean, fun lunch, meaning I sliced their apple <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and slapped some peanut butter on the plate. <laughs> and, um, and we, uh, and I would, you know, make quesadillas or whatever. And we would just sit around and have a lunch together. And I remember thinking, oh, what a gift this is. Because my lunches when I was their age were like from an ice cream scoop on a, <laughs> a lunch tray in a stinky cafeteria with maybe people I did or didn't like. And so what a gift to be able to have that special time with them. And honestly, sometimes I would say, you know what? get in the car. We're going to go somewhere for lunch today. And that would be super special too. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's super practical and helpful. And back to, cause I skipped over it, but back to the ones who have the difficult kids in the morning, what would you say is helpful there? Oh, I have had a couple of this and I 
think especially in, um, for that morning time, I seriously just stopped nagging and reminding. And I just did, I just gave another love and logic enforceable statement mm. and said, Hey, I, my car is leaving at 745. And so do whatever you can to get ready, but my car will be leaving at 745. <clears throat> and now one morning I when I came in the kitchen and my daughter was eating a bag of goldfish for breakfast. And <laughs> my other daughter just was choosing not to eat breakfast. And I said, you're not going to have breakfast. And she said, no. I said, what's your plan for lunch? I don't see that you pack lunch. Oh, I'm going to have a slice of cheesecake. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, this kills you, right? You're like, <laughs> you're dying over there. <laughs> so, so I said, okay, <clears throat> I will be more than happy to take kids who have had a healthy protein and a healthy fruit or vegetable mm-hmm. to school today. Otherwise, I'm staying right here and you can find a way to school on your own. And then what I'll have parents tell me is, oh, great. My kid would just sit there all day long. Okay. Well, my kids (laughs) want to get to school because they want to be with their friends. It's nothing to do with the fact that, you know, wanting to be in actual school. But for the people who have kids who really could care less about going to school, I'll say, um, you know, my car is leaving at 745. If um, you can choose to go with your clothes on or in your PJs, but you will be in my car at 745 and we will be leaving. Or if they're an older kid that you can't really force into the car, mm-hmm. then I can say um, that you can talk to your uh, principal or the you know people in charge as to why you're not at school, but it will not be excused on my end. So feel free to um, work that out with your administrator. I'm not going to pick fights that I can't win. And I'm going to save all my words for happy times. And so in the morning, I just want a happy, peaceful morning. I want to get myself ready for the day. And I'm always available to help should you want me to help in any way. But my car will be leaving at 745. And I don't give any reminders. Hmm. I love that. I love it because it helps to keep us in check and our stress levels regulated instead of allowing them to get our cortisol revved up because I don't need any of that, right? It it, it takes the power away from their reaction, determining our day. Absolutely. Especially starting the day off like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I've, I've had those days where I've let it happen for sure. Um, and let it get to me. And then, you know, the mom shame and the guilt and all of that, that we could probably talk for another uh, 30 minutes or so about, but, um, right. I've, I've loved this time. Now I want to ask you my favorite question to ask. And that is, you know, the name of the show is sparking wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be to spark someone toward wholeness in their parenting? I would say, to not take yourself so seriously, to trust that you have a God who designed you just the way he designed you for a reason, for the children that you are raising, whom he also designed, and that if you will depend on him in all the sticky moments and trust that he is doing a work in and through you, then that will spark an incredible amount of joy and purpose in your parenting. 
I love it. So good. So tell people where they can get more information about you, where they can follow you on social media, your website, um, and get that. Is that a download? The uh, what to say instead of how was your day? Is that a download that you offer? Yes. And that okay. is on my website. Okay. My website is, um, is super easy. It's melaniedoman.com. M-E-L-A-N-I-E-D-O-M-E-N.com. And, um, and also on um, Instagram, it's Melanie Doman 75, I believe. So. Awesome. And they can go to your website, get that download. And hopefully I'll be able to link that. I can link that in the show notes. I'm assuming, right? It's just a yeah. link I can add. Okay. I will do that. Well, thank you for this time. This was so much fun. And I think it was really helpful and practical, empowering, encouraging. So I love what you've had to share. So thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Well, thank you. This has been so fun. Appreciate it. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.